Well, welcome to the first of these little Sunday supplements. Just around five to ten minutes on a Sunday night over these summer months, just to keep our minds focused on God's Word. Over these next number of weeks, we're going to be concentrating our thoughts on Luke's Gospel and chapter 15. And those parables that are very familiar to us, but often we read them and we miss some of the key details within them. And so I've entitled this little Sunday supplement series, Lost, Lost. If you do have a Bible there, please turn to Luke chapter 15 and we're going to read the opening verses of that incredible chapter. Luke chapter 15. We read God's word there and it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Don't they leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who did not repent. Then Jesus tells the second part of the story. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice! Rejoice with me! I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then he begins the third part of the story. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The parables that uh, Jesus told often mirrored the circumstances in which he found himself and Luke chapter 15 is no different from the rest. In fact we lose the meaning, the impact of the whole story if we ignore the background. I'm going to suggest just two things in our introduction to this little lost series tonight. The first is this, the parable that Jesus told reflects his situation. The parable Jesus told reflects his situation. And we read that in chapter 15 verse 1. We read, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear Jesus. In other words, the outcasts of Jewish society in the form of the tax collectors, they worked for the occupying Roman authorities and were seen as traitors by their countrymen, and there were also those with diseases that barred them from worshipping God in the temple. And alongside these petty criminals were prostitutes, drunks and even Gentiles, those who were not Jews, regarded as dogs. They all gathered to hear Jesus. Jesus drew sinners like a magnet. Jesus drew them in and while the churchy people, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, turned them off. Jesus drew them in. In the words of the Pharisees, they were grumbling as they muttered through their beards, this man welcomes sinners. Their one line summary of Jesus was 100% accurate and I praise God for that tonight. This man welcomes sinners. Jesus is a sinner welcomer. And as we look at the parable in its entirety, of the lost son, it's important to note that it is just one of three. 
It's part of a trilogy that formed the whole. Like all good stories, it comes in a set of three. For Luke chapter 15, Jesus told we read one story, but he did it in three parts. The episodes are the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost sons. And so the second thing we notice alongside Jesus reflecting his situation is the reason for separation. Now, I know that many of us have experienced this in our lives, especially those of us who've maybe travelled and gone away, maybe to university or started work maybe in a, in a different country or a different town or city and we've had to go into halls or lodgings or stay somewhere that we weren't just as familiar with and we feel a kind of detachment. We feel sort of lost. And I know for those of you who maybe at times, maybe even moved up to Belfast to start your uh, career at Queen's or moved across the water to study in Scotland or England at university, some of you have experienced that. I confess to feeling very lost, even though I lived in Belfast and studied in Belfast, to being a little bit disorientated when I moved from school to university. In fact, I sat in one lecture for three months until I realised that I wasn't even meant to be in that class at all. It can be rather disorientating. Maybe for some of us these last five or six months have been rather disorientating and we find ourselves feeling rather lost in the middle of it all, wondering when this is going to end. All those things that are so familiar to me, the people who call with me, the people I call to see, my work has changed, my family life has changed, everything has changed. Maybe we feel very disorientated. And there's also those who can often feel lost in a crowd. Maybe as an individual, you've gone in and you, you felt unwelcome or lost, even though there are lots of people. Or maybe some of you even feel that in church at times. Everyone else seems to come in and everything seems to be happy and going well with their family round about them. And Maybe you feel lost in a crowd. Lostness is a strange feeling, isn't it? And the pictures that Jesus paint here are, are that of things that were lost. A lost sheep familiar to Jesus' audience in the country setting. The lost coin probably from a, a necklace that the lady would have worn. Maybe a little bit like an engagement ring or a wedding ring. She, she had lost one of the ten and it had gone. It had been maybe even passed from generation to generation as an heirloom. It might have been her great grandmother's wedding ring or wedding necklace. And she had lost one coin and it meant something to her. And then a lost son. Well, all of us know the heartbreak in some way of losing someone we love, whether it be through death or whether it be through someone moving on. Or actually probably hardest as all of all when there'd been a fallout in the family. And that person, that family member is lost for all intents and purposes to our family life. I'm sure we can all think of times when there was a sense of lostness. Even in these recent days, there's been that discussion of lostness again, hasn't there? When that story, that very sad story of Madeleine McCann, that little girl, that seven-year-old girl who was snatched from that holiday apartment in the Algarve in Portugal in 2007. Why all the attention? Because she was lost and she is yet to be found. The story of the younger son in the story of the prodigal son is one of one who wanted freedom. He wanted to escape home. He wants to take the father's inheritance and start a new life. In effect saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. I want to make a new start. 
In other words, his father was dead to him, his daughter was lost in his mind, but the son was lost to the family. But what's all the connection between each of these three characters, whether it be the sheep, the coin, or the sons? Well, it's lostness. Lostness. Where they are not where they should be. The sheep is not in the field. The coin is not round the neck. The boy is not in the father's house. But in Shethi, that is exactly how the Bible describes us. Lost. Each of us goes our own way. We've wandered away from God's care, God's field, God's house, God's freedom. Wanting to do our own thing in our own way. The Bible describes us categorically in one great term. And it's the term lost. The Bible puts that label on our much broader constituency. Often the people of God are described in the Bible as sheep without a shepherd. Numbers 27, 1 Kings 22. And Isaiah describes us as sheep who've gone astray in Isaiah 53. It's not a very flattering picture, is it? But that is how the Bible paints our spiritual condition. We're not majestic lions. We're not soaring eagles. We're not even faithful dogs. No, we're lost sheep. The foolishness of sheep beggars belief, doesn't it? Sheep will not tend to find their own way home. No film has been made over the years like Lassie Come Home, whether it be Flossie Come Home and this sheep gallops all the way home back lovingly into the glad embrace of the farmer. No, the farmer has to go looking. If Flossie is lost on a ledge somewhere, Flossie dies without the intervention of the shepherd and even if the shepherd does go out and find dear Flossie the job isn't done yet is it a lost sheep will not walk beside the master the whole way home the sheep has to be hoisted on the shepherd's shoulder and carried home I wonder what your picture of humanity really is do you see us as brave masters of our own fate are we the bold speakers of the truth but the Bible says we're none of those spiritually speaking, we're bleating sheep who don't even know how to respond when the shepherd comes to rescue us. And yet, fascinatingly, such lostness gets dressed up in freedom, doesn't it? Thinking back to those student days, I can think of so many lads who thought they were free and far from home and far from their parents. And so they just thought they could live that wild lifestyle, drinking every time they got the chance sleeping with whoever they wanted to sleep with but in their so-called freedom there was a lostness you know the world looks at that and says yes i'm free but jesus looks at that and says they're lost that's the story of humanity and even for all of us every time we sin we think we're doing it because it's a freedom of our own expression it's a freedom of how i'm really feeling so i'm just going to say it the way it is when in reality Whenever we say what we know we shouldn't say or go where we know we shouldn't go or think what we know we shouldn't think in our freedom of our mind, that's when God categorizes us as lost, sinful. So often our response to feeling lost is to use this very 20th and 21st century phrase, oh, we're going to find ourselves. And there's, oh, we're going to find ourselves, man. We're going to work it all out. And I've read magazine articles in recent weeks from 
well-known celebrities who found themselves in lockdown, who they really are. They've reconnected with wife and family or children or whatever. But no, all of us are lost, the Bible says, because of our sin. And we need to find a home. And the great news of the Bible is that someone from home has come looking for us. The good shepherd who finds lost sheep hoists us onto his shoulders and he marches us home. And then when we're home, we don't need to find ourselves. We can just be ourselves. Jesus is a saviour who meets us in our lostness, in our deadness, in our sin, who carries us home and he could not leave us to find our own way home. We can't work out our way to heaven by ourselves. He could not just send us a map to figure it out. He had to come and take our own humanity into himself and he joined us in our predicament and united us to himself and he marched us home because he was the sheep, the lamb, that was slaughtered for us. Let me ask you tonight, are you trying to find yourself? Don't find yourself. Don't try working out yourself. Finding a lost person is never much help, is it? Because if they're lost, you're lost too. Rather than finding yourself, call out to Jesus as the lost person and lost people that we really are and he will carry us let's pray Lord Jesus help us to see how lost we are without you that in those things that we think are freedom you describe them as sin and it means we're lost so Father we ask tonight that you would carry us home that you would search our hearts that you would find us that we would lay down all those things that we thought would give us freedom and hear our cry of lostness and may we feel your embrace that brings us home. This we pray in our Saviour's name.